Welcome to Hadley Presents. I'm your host, Ricky Enger, inviting you to sit back, relax, and enjoy a conversation with the experts. In this episode, we discuss vision loss and coping with triggers. And our guests are Hadley's Director of Community, Mark Arneson, and psychologist, Ed McDaniel. Welcome to the show, both of you. Thank you. Thanks, Ricky. So happy to have you both. And in fact, we were in a virtual room together not so long ago. We did an episode along with Jeff Flodine, and we talked about vision loss and shame. So if you haven't listened to that one, it is well worth checking out. But today we're going to talk about something that comes up just about as often as that previous subject. And so we're going to be talking about triggers uh, with vision loss and what are they? How do you kind of navigate your way through them? What are some strategies to deal with them in a healthy way? And so really excited to talk about all of that. Before we do that, let's just get a few quick words from both of you and introduce yourselves. So we'll start with you, Mark. Sure. Thanks, Ricky. My name's Mark Arneson. So as director of community, one of the things I do here is just I get to just meet interesting and fascinating people and and hear their stories. And then I, I also get to visit like, you know, different conferences and groups and share all about what we're doing here at Hadley. Very cool. I love it. If I didn't have my job, I would want yours. So, you know. Can't have it. <laughs> well, that's all right. I'm happy with technology. So we're we're, we're both doing we're what we love. <laughs> and Ed, how about you? Tell us a bit about yourself and what you do. I was a psychologist for the state of North Carolina for 30 years before I retired. And since then, I've, I've been doing a variety of things. But more recently, I have focused on uh, some volunteer experiences with uh, people with vision loss. I have uh, recently started a uh, vision loss support group in my area. Wow, that's fantastic. It sounds like for a variety of reasons, you are the perfect person to come and share with us about triggers. I know that you, you know, both as a professional and as a person with vision loss yourself, you certainly have some experience with this. So why don't we then jump right into talking about these triggers, what they are, how can we deal with them and just getting some of those strategies. So Mark, I know you've got great questions. Let's get into it. Great. Yeah, I'm really excited for this. Ed, uh, thank you again for joining us. I think this can be a great conversation. I was thinking maybe we just start right at the beginning and and maybe, Ed, you can help us better understand what is a trigger. Well, with vision loss, of course, there's stress and sometimes pain and and even trauma associated with vision loss, particularly if you um, have had better sight earlier in your life and you're experiencing a change. That kind of painful event, you know, even though maybe you're uh, getting to a better place, Something along the way may come up that will lead to those feelings that you've had early on to, to reemerge. And, and sometimes to others, it may appear that, that what we're experiencing may be an overreaction to the event, but really maybe they're not seeing that we have an underlying pain that we're experiencing as well. That makes a lot of sense. Um, so yeah, in relation to vision loss, uh, are there common triggers for folks with vision loss, and I don't know, maybe even you personally, do you see common triggers in your own life? Yeah, I met a lot of people with, with vision loss, and, and I hear some common things that, that people will say that kind of triggers them. And sometimes it's when 
other people around them don't understand what they're experiencing. Uh, sometimes it may be something as simple as, you know, frustration with technology, trying to access things that are difficult to access due to vision loss if you're in a crowded place. And for me, uh, one of the common things that I've had over the years, and I, I think I've gotten better with dealing with it, but, you know, of course, it still happens as, as a person with vision loss. And I, you know, I have retinitis pigmentosa, so I still have some central vision, but I do from time to time trip on things or bump into things or hit my head on things. So that's something that kind of is a reminder to me about my vision loss. And, and some of those feelings I had when I was first diagnosed with RP kind of reemerge. Uh, and I kind of think more about them and uh, have those feelings to reemerge. Thanks for sharing that. Uh, I appreciate even the, the, from a personal perspective, some of the things that uh, can kind of set off a trigger. But, you know, I, one of the things I've heard from different folks, I don't know if you can speak to this or if this is your experience, um, but I've heard how sometimes it can be frustrating when you feel like, you know, you finally figured that that thing out that's so it's been so difficult for you, like you've you've got it down now. And then what for whatever reason, when you try to do it the next time, it's just difficult. Is that is that something that you've experienced or have you heard that from other folks as well? Yeah, and I think the the feeling associated with that is maybe disappointment where, like you say, you, you thought that you had figured things out or, or gotten past something. And then when it does happen, you have that sense of disappointment because uh, you you thought you had it handled and, and you didn't. So, um, yeah, it's just uh, it's very frustrating when that happens. Yeah, it makes sense. So the other thing, and I don't know if you can speak to this too, it's like I understand that sometimes like events related to vision loss can be a trigger for some folks. Are you able to talk a little bit more about that? Yeah, I, you know, as I was saying earlier, some of the types of events that happen are, are just environmental things. I can give maybe another example of one that happened to me recently. The town where I live, they don't have audio description with our cable service. And I called their customer service, you know, kind of excited that, you know, I might be able to have some kind of impact on that and, and see if that might be a service that they could provide since it's not currently being provided. And after several calls and nothing happening, I noticed when I was calling one time, I was feeling more impatient, more agitated and, and you know, trying to advocate for myself and a need for services. That was an event that, you know, I hadn't um, really experienced much, but the customer service person didn't really seem to understand how important that was to me. And after the phone call, I, you know, I recognized those feelings I was having. And so the next time I called, I was better prepared uh, to deal with that and to, you know, because it's important to me, even if I'm feeling agitated or upset, uh, I want to make sure that some of the things that are important it to me, like being kind and, and calm around people that I can still do those things. Uh, so when you're triggered by an event, you want to make sure that you are still doing what's important to you in a way that you're able to interact with other people in a productive way. I imagine that's not always easy to do, is <laughs> interact with people in the way that you no, want it, to and it, you have these feelings. No. Well, and that actually leads me into my next question, Ed. You know, I've heard you mention a couple of different feelings that, that can kind of come with being triggered. I think you mentioned, you know, disappointment or agitation or or frustration. I wondered, are there other kind of common 
feelings you would imagine people are experiencing? And then how do you how do you stay true to yourself in those moments, like being kind and respectful and the things that you you want to be with people? Yeah, you know, I think some of the common feelings are, are your sadness, anger, disappointment, sometimes shame, a whole variety of things. And to kind of prepare yourself, everyone needs to make sure that they know what's important to them in their lives. Uh, and, and, you know, what I would call is that the things that you value. And for myself, I have a list of things that are important to me. And, and I use that kind of as a, a compass for my life, things I'm trying to move toward. For example, fitness is, is one of the things that's important to me. For example, if I have a trigger related to my vision loss, for example, if I'm out walking or, or running and I bump into something, I might have a feeling, well, this, this is not worth it. But I remind myself fitness is important to me and I need to figure out a way to address that trigger. And, you know, there are a number of things I've done over the years to make sure that I continue to be fit, even when I'm faced with obstacles or triggers related to that. A simple example, something that happened to me because of my narrow visual field, as I mentioned earlier, is hitting my head on things or bumping into things. So over the years, I've done some things to help with that, you know, mobility training. Uh, one of the, the simple things I do with the regular routes that I use, a lot of times there's branches. And branches are more difficult for people with vision loss, because if you're using a cane, you know, you're only sensing what's on the sidewalk. Or even with a guide dog, for the most part, my guide dog does move me around branches, but I had a recent uh, situation where there was someone on the sidewalk approaching at the same time where there was a branch. So my guide dog was trying to help me navigate the branch and the person. And so, it, you know, and I, I did hit the branch. So one of the things I do is particularly in the springtime with my regular routes is I take some clippers with me. And if there's branches overhanging the sidewalk, I will go along and clip them. So that's something that I can do that's a practical kind of thing. So there's a lot of things that we can do to address triggers in a, in a practical kind of way. And, and that's something that has helped me to not get triggered. Yeah, that's good advice. And, uh, now that you mentioned it, I wish that fitness was more important to me in my life too. <laughs> so maybe that's something I need to figure out. <laughs> um, okay, so we know triggers are out there. They're not pleasant. And, you know, there's things that you're giving some practical advice on, on ways that we can kind of manage those. But what about preventing them? Is that possible? Yeah, I think so. Um, as I mentioned, there's some practical things that you can do. If you think about triggers, uh, it's a, like an emotional reaction. And it's real important to take care of yourself. If you're not eating well or sleeping well or uh, staying active, you're more likely to uh, be triggered by things. I, I know when I'm tired, you know, I'm more likely to respond to something in an emotional way than if, if I'm uh, feeling um, well rested. So definitely uh, taking care of yourself is I think the, the number one thing. And, and then, as I mentioned before, recognizing what's important to you and making sure you're going in that direction rather than letting an emotional trigger lead you in, a, in another direction. That makes sense. Yeah, for me, I think it's hunger. 
Yeah. <laughs> I'm not, or, or, I got to be careful of decisions yeah. I'm making and things that I'm doing yeah. when I'm hungry. Or it could be a combination where you're uh, tired and hung, hungry at the same time. That's not a good combination yeah. <laughs> <laughs> for me. Well, okay. So there are things that you can do, you know, you can feed yourself and, you know, take care of yourself and all that kind of thing. But what if it's somebody else that's causing that trigger, like something that somebody else is doing that you don't have a lot of control over? What, what can you do in moments like that, Ed? Well, as you, you said, the first thing is to recognize that you don't have a lot of control over what other people do. Um, and and that, that's important. Although, you know, you may have some influence and I think it's depending on what the situation is and who the person is, you have to make that choice as to whether that's something you want to address with that person. If it's somebody that you don't really know and you're not around them much, you're probably the best just to let it go. But if it's someone that you, you live with or you work with, I think it's important to open up and, and talk to that person. The thing you have to be uh, careful about is sometimes when you have talked to someone about it and it happens again, that trigger might even be uh, more pronounced the next time. So you, you have to be patient because unless someone is experiencing vision loss, it, it's hard for them to really understand what you're going through. And and uh, sometimes people just forget. So uh, I think just being patient and just recognizing sometimes it's uh, easier to um, change your own behavior than other people's behaviors. But depending on the situation, I think it's worth a try. And I imagine it comes up quite a bit with social media these days, you know, people post what they want and that, that can often be a trigger for some folks. Yeah. And I think that one of the reasons you see that on social media is because if they're in a, a group of other people who, for example, have retinitis pigmentosa, those people understand. So sometimes helpful to vent to people who understand and get what you're going through and also support groups i, I think that's a, another place to um, kind of give you an opportunity to express uh, what you're experiencing with people who understand is there ever a point where you've done what you can and you have tried to change your behavior or you've tried to back away from people or situations who might be triggering you and it's still happening. You're still really struggling with this and you're just encountering these things over and over and over that are putting you in an unhealthy place. How do you know when it's time to look outside yourself and your own kind of support network and get some professional help? And what kinds of things can a professional do to help you address those triggers in a healthy way when you just can't manage it yourself? Well, and, and I would just, again, remind everyone that experiencing triggers is something that happens to everyone. It's, it's a normal thing to happen. And it happens because we're trying to figure out ways to address the situation. Uh, so our mind is trying to help us come up with solutions. But as you were saying, if it's something that is continuing uh, and you're really feeling like you're stuck, that you're continuing to have these painful thoughts and, and feelings, and that is a grieving process. And that can take time. And for some people, that takes longer than others. 
you know, I, I really would encourage anyone who is experiencing vision loss and they're struggling to seek help. After I was first diagnosed, I went to see a, a counselor uh, and that, that was very helpful to me to, to have someone that, that you can open up to that's objective, someone that can help you process things. Uh, and as I've, I was talking about before, they could help you uh, identify what your values are and what's important to you. Uh, it, it's helpful to have a professional to kind of talk you through all of those things so that you can hopefully every time respond better. And as I said, it, it's a process. I know for myself, I've got help early on and, and that was great, but particularly with a progressive vision loss, for me, it's been progressing uh, for more than 30 years. Things happen and your your life changes. So even though maybe you felt like you dealt with it a long time ago, things may happen in your life that you might feel like you need help again. And, and, and that's okay. It's helpful to to uh, recognize that things aren't always going to be the way you want them to be. Um, and when you're uh, really struggling, it's okay to ask for help. Yeah, that's a really good point. And it can be hard for people to ask for help, right? Because like you said in the beginning of the episode, a trigger might be something where the people in your life watching you become upset about this thing, they think you're overreacting. And sometimes you can internalize that too. Like, well, I'm overreacting to these things and therefore I really don't need help. I just need to get over myself. But there is a there is a point where it helps to just get those strategies and have someone talk you through it, right? Yeah, definitely. And you know, I think we just have to do our best to have some self-compassion and and realize that sometimes we are hard on ourselves and and think we should just get over it but but that's not something that we would tell a good friend is just to get over it so i think we have to be kind to ourselves as well and it's okay to ask for help and and recognize that that you need help and, and you know not just with people with vision loss but anyone who is struggling there is sometimes stigma associated with seeing a mental health professional and that's unfortunate because I think sometimes people aren't accessing the help that could uh, help them really get through some difficult times. Absolutely. Well, this has been really informative and so helpful. I think people just want those practical strategies for how to deal with things. And then there's that just very basic approach of being kind and compassionate with yourself that can go a long way. Ed and Mark, I want to thank you both for spending a little time with us and chatting about this. This is great. No, thanks, Ricky. I really enjoyed this. I did too. Thank you. Me as well. And thank you, Ed, for sharing some personal things along with just the professional. And again, always great to have you both stop by. Thank you. Thanks, Ricky. Thanks, Ed. Thank you. Got something to say? Share your thoughts about this episode of Hadley Presents or make suggestions for future episodes. We'd love to hear from you. Send us an email at podcast at hadley.edu. That's P-O-D-C-A-S-T at hadley.edu. Or leave us a message at 847-784-2870. Thanks for listening. 